Welcome to Power Up Your Practice, the go-to podcast for law firm owners and managing attorneys working on the business, not in it. I'm Ruby Powers, your guide into the heart of law practice management, bringing you insights from leading legal minds, trailblazing attorneys, and expert guests who provide you with an actionable perspective on running your firm more effectively and efficiently. Prepare to open your mind, be inspired, and power up your practice to the next level. Hi, my name is Ruby Powers. I'm your host with this uh, Power Up Your Practice. It's a new podcast. I'm really excited. Um, We're going to be navigating the ever-evolving landscape of law practice management and business and how to succeed in in those spaces. And um, I'm just really excited to have conversations with a lot of experts in different areas, learning about their superpowers and how we can learn to be like them and learn from them. And so today um, I have Donald Fonseca and um, he has a He's just really successful in business, um, but he also is a Reiki master, a serial entrepreneur, a world traveler, a writer, and sort of a jack of all trades. Um, Donald, thank you so much for for joining. I'm really excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. So, so tell us a little bit about your journey in in business, um, and and so I know you've had a very long successful career, but just sort of like what got you into business and, and sort of a like a high the highlights version of what your career I would so so the thing that got me into business is I would I would say a deep desire to make my own money basically because when I was working for other people I could not see I a way forward with that long term I could not see myself working 60 plus years um at a job for somebody else um, forever. And I just wanted something that I could, I guess, control and, and have more, you know, more control of my destiny and my, my ability to create my own income. Um, and so I, I, I created my, my first business was an e-commerce business where I sold virtual currencies for online games. I'm, I'm not sure if I told you that one before, but yeah, I know so- it's really funny because you and I have known each other a really long time. And I was about to say, like, I don't even know how many businesses you've had and what they all were, because I know that it was like five or six, maybe. I don't know. There's a whole bunch. But actually, the first one that I started was where I was like, um, I, I went door to door mowing yards. And you you were the actually you helped me with that as well. You, you helped me, me and your brother, uh, David. You helped us create business cards for that. So that was the first entrepreneur experience that I had. Oh my gosh. We did not plan that. Um, So I guess I was in, I was in like small business law practice management consulting at the young age of maybe nine or 10 or something like that. So what people don't know is that we've known each other for like 30 ish years because Donald um, was my, is my, my brother's best friend. And so that's how we met, but then we didn't really, connect on more of like an adult professional level until years later. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, so I guess that's how I kind of got started with the idea of like uh, entrepreneurship and make my own money, my own income. And that was exciting because at that time, it's like, if I wanted any, if I wanted anything, I had to get it myself for the most part. I had to like, I had to work for it. And so I had that drive to like, okay, if I want something, if I want something cool, if I want this like candy or snacks or uh, whatever, it's like, okay, I'm going to go mostly yards. 
So, um, and then, and then that led to, so that you got the entrepreneurial bug and then you, you kept expanding from there. Yeah. I mean, then I, I went to like, um, you know, I think I went to Blockbuster. I worked at Blockbuster for a little bit. I went to, I worked at a call center, uh, for a little bit. And then eventually I started playing, um, Star Wars Galaxies. It's a massive multiplayer online game. And I did really well in that game. I, I gathered a bunch of, uh, I, I, I amassed a fortune within this game of virtual currency. And I found that those currencies actually had value, like real world value. And I found these services online that would buy and sell these virtual currencies. So what I did was I sold some of my virtual currencies to this business and it, like I made like seven, $800 in just one day Wow. While still working at my other job. And to me at that time, which was like 20 years ago, that was massive. It was like I made I made enough money to basically like be like two weeks at work or something like that, like a week and a half of just working. And then I saw the, like the potential with this. I saw that, okay, I understood how this, per this company was working. They bought virtual currencies from people like me and they resold it for like 100% markup for the most part. And so maybe I could do something like that. And that's basically what I did. I looked at what they were doing. They had a shopping cart. I basically, I found a similar shopping cart. I, I put it online and then I, I, I designed the website, like made it really professional, it made some landing pages. And then I started advertising on Google. And the same day I started advertising on Google, I started making money. I started making sales like right away. So what's um, your current business that you spend more of your time? <laughs> You've had multiple like, businesses and that's uh, you yeah. sort of like learning and then getting partners and sort of evolving. My current business is where we sell um, proxies, proxy service. We sell residential uh, proxies. We sell like VPN service, um, static proxies, we, anything proxy related. We, we sell that right now. And you're also into like real estate and you've written books. Um, so you've sort mm -hmm. of done a little bit of everything. I've done, I've done ebooks. I, I have real estate. I've, uh, you know, all sorts of investing, Bitcoin, like, yeah, every, I've done, I've done everything. The thing that I like the most out of all of these that I've done are the virtual businesses that can basically run on autopilot and like while I sleep and they make money just overnight. Like every, Every morning I wake up, I'm like, okay, let's see how much more money I made for that, that day. It was, it's, I love automated businesses that just, you know, just keep going. Don't require any, like, um, I guess like work, I guess. <laughs> well, you know, um, so a lot of our listeners are, are lawyers, uh, small, um, small, solo, small, mid-sized law firm owners. And, you know, I always would like read Inc magazine and be like, so jealous of everybody. It's like, you had an idea, they had an idea, they built a tech business and they sold it for bazillions of dollars. And then like, okay, this is my glorified version of it. But you know, like what you just said about automating it, having it virtual, um, and then just scaling it. Like, I feel like I've been trying to work that way through with as a law firm, but we have a lot of, um, we have a lot of barriers and I think after the pandemic, a lot of those barriers have been going away. So that's exciting to think we can sort of be in the ranks of, of, of business owners like, like you. Um, so I know what you, you've gone through a lot of 
so, I mean, how did you get to be good at business then? Like, did you go to business school or like what? I learned from others. I, I read probably, I don't know, maybe 200 books on business. Um, I, I learned from influencers in a space. There were bloggers at that time that I would follow and they would just talk about um, how to create great sales copy, create landing pages, um, uh, create uh, marketing funnels where you just like a person lands on a certain page and they go down the certain funnel until they actually become a customer. And I mastered it basically. I, I learned, I guess the most important thing I learned was uh, copy because like with sales copy, um, it was just a step-by-step process, I guess. And, and you know, as I... Um, as I, you know, as my businesses were growing, I would watch the reactions of customers because I had this chat at this time where I could see exactly where the customer was on my website. And so they could land on a, let's say a, a product page. And then if I didn't see them go to like the shopping cart, I would look at that page. I would look at the page that they left from and try to figure out what drove them away. What maybe it was something that kind of like scared them or like if they didn't get the answers that they needed, whatever it was, I would try to add that to the page because a lot of times they would come to me at in chat. Like I had a live chat and they would ask me a question and then I would see the page that they're on at that time. I'm like, okay, the customers on this page, they have this question at this point. Let me just add that question directly to the page. And then the more I did that, the more I optimized these, my website and these landing pages, more sales icon. It, got, wow. it just got better and better. Yeah. Is that that book, The Secrets of Something? I, I think you. Dot you com told secrets. Me. Yeah. The what? Dot com. Dot com secrets. Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember reading that one a few years ago when you suggested that one. Um, yeah. Actually, so we went, we had a family, like joint family vacation. Uh, it was like, seven, six years ago. And sort of that, that's sort of where we like reconnected and we were sharing like business ideas after that. And, um, and so, you know, you would tell me a book, great book. And then I would tell you a great book. And, um, little did I know that that was like the couple of years before I was going to write my first, my first book on law practice management. And so that I really enjoyed that. And it was just like, you, I couldn't, <laughs> we were just recommending books right and left and like, we'd be buying them. I mean, I don't know about me, but like, I'd be buying them and I needed like, I couldn't read them fast enough of the, the connection of all the, um, and so, you know, I think what we did was we like went through a ton of business books. We were reading a lot, you know, a lot of the greats, a lot of the standard ones, and then some of the new ones. And then I think the more you read, the more you're like, they're saying a lot of the same thing, but you're at a different place than where you were before. So maybe, you didn't and register whatever they were saying. Um, but then, you know, so, so what was sort of like your, your evolution into like changing your, your, your mindset? Like, you know, what sort of like I, I, happened? I think for I, me, the, the main thing that eventually, I guess, leveled up my mindset and kind of took things to the next level was a book in which we've talked about before. I think, you know, we, we had a call yesterday about the four hour work week and <laughs> That book surprisingly was the one that got me out of being a solo, a solo entrepreneur into a, I guess, a multi-person uh, entrepreneur where I would start to hire people and have those people help me. And the more people I, I helped to help uh, to help my business, the faster it grew. 
So that was like one of the things that kind of really just took it to that next level for me. Just like thinking beyond, I guess, the small solopreneurship. Um, yeah, just. Yeah. And, and like part of the reason why I'm an entrepreneur besides think just that's who I am is because of what I observed. My, my dad was one, my grandparents on both sides, my aunt had her own firm. And, you know, part of the reason why I wanted to write my own, uh, write a book about it was because I didn't want people to have to reinvent the wheel. And there's just so much that we can learn from others. Hence why we read books and listen to podcasts and things like that. Um, but you, it's, it's fascinating because it could be just like one idea in a book that can completely turn everything on its head and be like a, a paradigm shift. I remember, like, I know we've talked about that, the, the four hour work week when I first, like no offense to Tim Ferriss, but when I first read it, like, I was just like, he's annoying. Like he's just bragging, you know? And I was like, I was like jealous, upset it. <laughs> and then he's I very think, yes. <laughs> and then I hope he doesn't listen to this one day, but, um, and then, you know, just, but then eventually, um, it clicked, you know, and I was even saying what, he, you know, regurgitating like what he was saying and about the delegate, automate, eliminate, and, you know, how to maximize your time. And like, you think like that and that paradigm shift, that mindset. And so, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things we've gotten, you know, sort of in our informal book club, we we've made over the last six plus years is just, like changing our mindset. And, um, and we've, we've read so many different books that like, you know, we get sort of like, eh, if it's not really good, like we have really, I, I don't know, I think we both have really high standards. And so um, I remember one um, secrets of the millionaire mind. That's what it's called, right? I yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah, I mean, that one, you told me about that in um, middle of 2022. Um, and that one, I mean, I don't know if you want to summarize it, but like it just really helped change my perception and helped me buy the building I have for my law firm. I, oh, I credit yeah. that book. Well, you tell me about that book in the book for doing that. <laughs> so, yeah, that was like um, perfect timing for you. It was perfect timing. I mean, it's basically about how subconsciously we have a blueprint that we've been sort of over time, sort of like a programming language by listening to other people around us, um, our parents or what have you, and that that subconsciously is leading our lives. And he was probably talking about money, but I was also thinking about it from all different aspects of life. And what you have to do is identify what is that blueprint or programming that you've had? Do you truly agree with it? Do you want it to be like your operating system or your, your blueprint, or do you want to reprogram it? And, um, and, and this also goes in line with the whole self-limiting beliefs as well. And I mean, you're, you're really good at, you've taken all of this at a whole nother level. So like, what has been your journey in that, in that space of, uh, in I, terms of I, mindset, energy and everything? Well, for me, well, for, I guess one I of the guess things I took away from that book was the idea of, um, I like to call it um, raising your standard as far as like what you can achieve, I guess, within whatever you're trying to do. And he talked about, I think he talked about it, uh, just being bigger than the problem. Like if you had a problem or a limited belief or something like that, being bigger than that. And one of the limited beliefs I had at that time was how much revenue we can make in the business. I At that time, I think I was doing... $150,000 a month in revenue. And I had a limited belief that 
I don't know. I'm, I, I had a subconscious belief that like, oh, wow, this is a lot of money. What, like, how am I going to manage this money? And I was just fearful of like, okay, I don't want to really get over this amount because of real, like, I got to like deal with it more. I got to like pay more tax. I don't know. I just had a lot of limited beliefs about it. And it kept me at that level for a long time. I had to raise the standard. I had to think bigger than that. I had to increase that to 200,000 into 300,000. And I just had to like, release any i guess any sort of like fears that i had associated with that and the more i did that the more i kind of processed my thinking behind like that fear and started questioning it the uh, the more i was able to i guess rise to that level and the more that business started to my business started to like be able to uh increase its revenue because i had thoughts that were associated with $300,000 in revenue. Whereas before I had thoughts only limited to $100,000 in revenue. And I, you can only like rise as far as I guess, what your thoughts are, or your beliefs are. So the moment I, I raised to like 300,000, I started having bigger ideas or diff, like bigger plans, bigger things that kind of really spurred us in that direction. So that was like, that was huge for me and, and the business and everyone's happy, of course, with that. <laughs> but it just, it's, um, it's it's just fascinating how powerful your mind is and then this also goes hand in hand with affirmations because affirmations i was listening to a podcast recently it's like it's like reprogramming your mind or programming your mind um to to positive outcomes and it's it's related to that book we we're talking about because sort of reprogramming it to to what you want to to happen and i think some of the other things you've you said to me is like you know, imagine the best possible outcome and keep that in mind or, or something like you say something like that. Um, <laughs> and especially in times when things seem challenging and then you're like, okay. Um, assume the best. Assume like the best. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people tend to like focus on the negative and they don't realize that when they focus on the negative all the time, like they kind of gravitate towards that and, and they kind of like draw that to them. It's good to be aware of the negative, but to me, I like to focus on the positive, focus on the thing that I actually want, because the more I focus on the thing I want, the more I get it. Yeah. And then that goes with the whole manifesting and visualizing, which, um, so that was another thing that happened. It's like, we read all these business books and, you know, no offense, we've written business books, <laughs> we, we, we've read them, we like them. But then I think we sort of went on a turn towards more like, self-aware improvement or you know what what yeah. was that sort of turn that happened for you to sort of change to me, I, outlook? I read so many business books that, as you said they just were saying the same thing after a while and i kept reading the same thing and, and so i started going into more like um manifesting or just like how our thoughts create our reality and just what we believe is is basically the limit of what we can experience and just kind of elevating our beliefs, like changing our thoughts, using the power of like affirmations, um, stuff like that just kind of really took it to the next level for me because before I was sort of like in a negative space of like, it was hard. Like my business was so like was successful. And even though it was successful and doing well, I was still like in a negative space. So what I wanted to do was like, okay, let's figure out why I'm in this negative space and kind of change things around. And when I started to do that through like these different books that were more, I guess, spiritual books, more like 
um, just bigger thinking, more awareness type books. The more I did that, the, I guess, the happier I got and the more successful the business actually got as well. So was it a gradual improvement in, in working in your mindset or was it sort of like an aha one day and then you're like, I got it. It was like an aha moment. It was like, okay. It was like three o'clock in the morning. I was like breaking down. I'm like, man, I have millions of, like, I I was very successful. I'm like, why am I unhappy? And I went down this like a dark night of the soul type of situation where I just like, I had like question everything. So it was, it, it was pretty much a very quick. (laughs) So it is possible for other entrepreneurs besides law firm owners to have these, these, you know, moments where we get really stressed out. Um, Cause I, I think a lot of times as lawyers, law firm owners, we think that we're the only ones who have like a tough life or something. I don't know. I think we really, but no. And, and that's like when I did the Goldman Sachs 10,000 businesses program, I realized a lot of business owners, regardless of your, your industry, we were in these like silos. We think it's lonely at the top. We think that you know, nobody else understands what we're dealing with. And that, that was what was so cool about us, like reconnecting as adults, as business owners was because we were sort of dealing with a lot of the same things, but like in completely different industries and sort of like how we um, sort of like kept, you know, figured out where like our journey was like improving our businesses, improving our outlook and our success trajectory. Um, So, so then how do you like, I mean, how do you sort of, stay in that space and um and and what are some of like the things that you've seen come come from that i stay in that space by zooming out like i will take moments throughout the day to maybe go for a walk or just go outside for a little bit and kind of zoom out my perspective and the more i do that the bigger like i guess generally the more positive and happier i am uh, because if all you're doing is working 24-7 and you're so zoomed in that all you can see is just that limited scope of like your 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 reality. Your reality is like much smaller and that's not fun all the time. And that's what I was doing in the past, just working so much. My scope and view of things was so small. That's not fun. So how I stay, uh, I guess, feeling good is zooming out every so often. Just work, just, you know, walking, doing yoga, just going outside, just... Um, you know, different practices like meditate, definitely meditate and helps a lot. I don't know how many attorneys meditate. I should look into that. I, I know I have a hard time doing that, but I've heard some really good apps like insight something. I don't know. I'll have to, what, what are the hopes? What, what's a good um, way to get a person into meditating if they haven't been into that before? I mean, let me think the app that I use is, is uh, up timer. I, it's either Uptimer or I, I use different like meditation apps and um, they kind of help me like stay consistent with it. But any, just go to like YouTube and look, look up like, I don't know, five minute meditation or 10 minute like guided meditation and just like just listen to it. So, I mean, basically what you more or less said is, you know, it's better to work, um, you know, to to get out of the business and take a break. And um, I, I, whenever I go on a trip even if it's like a work trip, but I'm out of the office, I always come back inspired because I'm like, oh, that's how they're doing things. Or, oh, I talked to so-and-so and like, I, I get really inspired. And even just like t- taking the full weekend off, like, and not working, like that seems such, such a it's rare. It's huge. 
it's huge. But, I mean, it really is. Yeah. It's like entrepreneurs, we tend to work way too much. Like, I think people see entrepreneurs as like, okay, it's easy for them. They just make a bunch of money. It's like, no, man. Like, when you're an entrepreneur, you work a lot more typically than, than the average person. For sure. <laughs> I, I mean, because you never know, like, I mean, and that's a self-limiting belief I was just about to, re, re, you know, replicate, you know, like you, you never know when the next thing's going to come from. But but at the same time, you know, we, we do need to take care of ourselves. And I think a lot of these, like you, like you said, that aha moment, um, getting away, state meditating, going for a walk, um, giving yourself truly a, a weekend, giving yourself a week vacation, um, like even being able to just like get away. Like we, we did that, like, um, like, like a sort of like a, like a light retreat in, in Costa Rica this year. And we both, we, we connected and we reflected and had time to talk. And, um, it just was like really, um, invigorating to be able to like get away, but at the same time be around other people who were sort of going through the same thing. And I think that was a really pivotal moment in, in my last year um i what about you Definitely like what what are some of those moments that like you know you're like how do you stay like um sort of connected and it's to the plan and like make sure and how to give yourself that space to to make the big decisions or start planning for the future well definitely those definitely. like those trips that where you can just take yourself out of your working like element from time to time and just have no distractions. All you have is just maybe a laptop or like a journal or something. And yeah. you could be there and just totally focus and kind of like see things from a, a different perspective than what you're used to. Like if you, all you're doing is being in the office 24 seven, then that's the only perspective, you know? So it's like, it's like taking those time, like every, every so often that those short vacations, whatever it is, if it just go hiking or just like going extended, like hiking or something. Those are, those are so useful, like at least doing it like every quarter of the year, quarterly, maybe every six months or so, just to kind of like have time to think. So, I mean, a lot of people, um, we're, we're closing up the year and, um, what do you think are some of the things people should do to like, keep that, keep, you know, elevate their mindset and give themselves space to, to sort of go to the next level? I mean, more, more of, more of that. I mean, just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think what they could do, I mean, I wrote an article while I was on vacation, which sounds really cheesy about having a vacation because one time I, I was in Bahamas. I think I remember checking in with you while I was there. It was like a while ago. And this attorney friend called me and she goes, you're where? I was like, I'm in the Bahamas. She's like, I'll just live vicariously through you because I never get a vacation. And I was like, oh my gosh no, you need to have a vacation. And so then I wrote an article about how we need the case for vacations. And one of the things I remember saying was, um, and I have to sort of back reread it every once in a while, is like, you need to plan the next one in advance. Like you need to plan the next one before you finish the one you're on. And and I think they say that you get more joy planning, anticipating than actually being on it. But it also, it's like scheduling your next doctor's a visit before you leave, you know, like you, you put in place that self-care plan so that it doesn't lapse from your priorities. So that makes sense. I like that. 
Yeah. I mean, I think that's like a really good idea for people as they're closing up the year and things get a little bit quieter potentially because some business is cyclical um, to just give this, don't, don't look at it as like, Oh, it's, it's slow. We're, we're bringing in less money, but think of it more like, okay, this is our time to get organized in the quadrant two, you know, Eisenhower matrix about important, not urgent and, you know, getting away, um, planning, have maybe having a law firm retreat or, or just a personal retreat, <laughs> um, and, and sort of, um, reflecting what are some of the other mindsets that you think are really important to have, or like, like key concepts in some other business books or any type of book or idea that you, uh, I think it's, I mean, it's important to take, you know, calculated risks, um, yeah. We think mindsets, perseverance, uh, I think perseverance and, and, you know, moving through any like tough situations and never giving up is definitely important when it comes to entrepreneurship. And when you do have a problem, um, you know, just taking uh, an objective like view of it and, and not really like, you know, like I had a problem a couple months ago where we had a dip in our revenue. And I kind of, I kept my eye off the ball for a while. I had somebody else kind of manage the business for a little bit while I was, I was just focusing more on me. And unfortunately during that time, our sales funnel was becoming unoptimized. And as it was becoming unoptimized, we had less sales, less like revenue, and it was affecting things. So I had to like really dive into the, the sales funnel, look at all the metrics, and make, make like improvements, like calculated improvements uh, that, that, you know, turn things around. It eventually, it turned things around. We're doing a lot better now. Um, but just having that mindset of like, of just, I think the most important thing as far as business, uh, at least for me, is to watch the numbers, watch the, that sales funnel, those, those yeah. conversion numbers, those, like the revenue in general. That's, I need to be able to like see the, bird's eye view of, of, of that. That seems to be like my primary role within my business. And I kind of direct my team to optimize the sales funnel from my perspective. I can see it. I'm like, okay, we need to do this here, here, and there. And they help me optimize it. Um, yeah, that brings to mind so many different things, like being able to be like the CEO's role is to to have the vision, um, direct, you know, the ship, um, the culture. Um, I mean, even if you go with the ship and like the dashboard, you know, like seeing um, all the gauges and seeing what the numbers are so you can, you know, can go to go the course and avoid it's the so land, important. whatever, you know. No, it's so so important. I, I think with a lot of like small business owners I've seen, and I went through that struggle. It's like, you don't even know what numbers you need in the first place. And then you don't know how, which numbers to tr- how to trust that you're given the right numbers. And, um, and then like how to read the numbers or something like that. And once you overcome all of that, and then you have them on a regular basis and you know what they mean, then, then you're, it's, you're a lot better, but like you were able to see something was wrong and you could go in and correct it. Um, yeah. I actually had something similar in my, my marketing earlier this year. I'd sort of like, I think that goes back to another mindset about delegating versus abdicating. It's like being able to, and going back to the four hour work week of like truly delegating um, and abdicating sort of what I would traditionally do. Like here, you're smart. Here's a whole bunch of stuff to do. I'll walk away and go do something else. But if you don't regularly check in um, and you don't train and you don't do that, then you're not really delegating and you're not really managing but as you wearing so many different hats, um, 
but as a small business, like it's, it's hard to go back and keep tabs on everybody. If you don't have like more of a, maybe a second in command or like a COO or someone else to help you, um, hold people accountable. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, this is hard. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of moving parts to it. Yeah. A lot of moving parts. And, and I think a lot of people are like, Oh, well, every business is different. Well, you know, and I think that's part of what I wanted to get out of like this podcast as well is because some things stay are always going to be the same. And then some things are going to change with the time and then deciphering which things stay and which ones change. Yeah, I, generally, I, can, I see our two businesses a little while. They're totally different. We do have a lot of similarities in just the structure of the business and like um, how we, you know, you have your managers. I have my managers. Uh, I have like basically my COO. Um, I think you have that with your your office manager. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of similarities in, in just how we manage the team and how we like delegate and like off, like it's very similar, yet we have different services, which is totally fine. Right. Exactly. I think I think professional service or service industries versus like the widgets uh, type of industry, you know, when you're making a, a product, um, that's a, a good way to sort of maybe separate out. And so um, like different w- the ways that it's sort of different things apply. But I mean, a lot of business principles apply no matter what, from management to operations to um, financial um, aspects. So um, we're sort of coming to the close. But I'm so excited that you um, were, were here with us. Um, I want to ask you, um, what do you consider your your superpower? Um, I think my, so I have ADHD and with ADHD, you're just kind of like hyper-focused on a whole bunch of different aspects at the same time, which is very useful when it comes to business because I, I need to be able to do that. I need to be able to hyper-focus on different things and kind of t- zoom out every so often, but that's my superpower, really. Just the ability to see the big picture of things um, with ADHD. That's, that's, that's like such a, a great like per, um, perception shift because some people would say that's something that could hold a person back. But I mean, I think I've come to the realization that a lot of my business owner friends have ADHD and I, I didn't even realize that. And because I think some people don't do offer that information out. I probably have like a, a low version of it or something or some diagnosed version of it. But um, I'm almost convinced a lot of business owners have it. And maybe that's how, I mean, not, I'm not a doctor, but um, I, I, I was at an event one time where I was in the or hang out with three other business owners and they all admitted they had it. And I was like, wow, you know, and um, and and I have a close family member that 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 got diagnosed just recently with it. And so and they're um, a few years younger than me. So I'm just sort of like learning a lot about that and very intrigued about that in the in the business space, business owner space. Um, and I know that there's ways to, it, it can be debilitating in some ways that it can be, you know, like a superpower, like you said. Um, so, um, you know, I think another question I have, and this is something I came up with recently, what's your favorite board game? Oh, man, I think I would say Monopoly. Like, I love Monopoly. It's so calculating. Like, if, if you're good at it, you read all the rules. Or something. Like, I am so good at, at it. Just like the, the little decisions you can make 
along the way, like every roll of the dice, it's like, okay, I want to buy this property. Yeah, I got this property. Now it's going to produce income. Maybe I'll start to like, uh, when you select which, where you want to buy your house, it's just like, what's the most probable, probable house or property in which will generate rent? It's very like, it's perfect for people with ADHD who like overanalyzes things. I love it so much. Okay, remind me not to play Monopoly with you because oh, those man. things like, take forever. And then it's like whoever gets the good properties, it's like it's all over. I feel like it was over. Oh, man. Maybe that should be my self-limiting belief, though. But, no, um, you don't need the good properties. You just need. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's funny. I didn't know that was your favorite. Um, well, I mean, so what is um, so in closing, like what is like one of your best sources of wisdom, guidance, like how? You know, what's a really great book you would suggest, either like your favorite or something recent or um, podcast or sort of like, how do you, you keep it real and how do you keep being Donald? Hmm. I'm trying to I'm trying think to of think this think. book. What is it called? Hmm. Hmm. We read we, this book. I, 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 it was, what, what was, four, give me a it wasn't the four, the four hour agreements. Week. The four, four agreements. agreements. That, yeah, that you one. said you liked that one. Yeah, it's really great. It's just like in just what we sort of talked about earlier, where like be mindful of your thoughts, be mindful of like your beliefs, like change your story, change like change that to like really benefit you. Uh, question those limited beliefs, like letting things go. Um, that that's a great book because it's just. It helps me elevate my business in a sense. It's it's just like raising those beliefs to where like, okay, my business can be at this level. It can succeed. It can do really well. And that book really kind of helped me. But just the positive words that I had that really impacted the my my the people that work with me, just people I worked with, being able to like, you know, see things more, I guess, from their perspective and see things as like we're working together. I, I like to assume the best with the people that I work with. And that book kind of helped me see that as well, that you know people are just kind of projecting their own perspective of things. It doesn't necessarily, you know, when we engage, doesn't necessarily ref reflect me. So it helped me be the observer and see things from a different, more positive perspective that generally helped my business a, a lot. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I listened to it on Audible right after you told me, and then I, I kept hearing about it like all over the place um, the second half of this year. So I feel like I need to go. It was it was a quick listen. I feel like I need to go back and like um, sort of like internalize it. But I remember one thing it said something about like when somebody's having an issue, it's not necessarily you. It's probably them and something's going on with them. And so don't like just take it personally. And, um, I, I think that's a good lesson for us who are in the services industry as well and, and who are managing people because, um, you know, w we might want to like internalize like, Oh, why don't they like what we're doing for them? Or why are, you know, what, whatever it may be. And then you realize, well, maybe somebody just got laid off and somebody's got diagnosed with something and they're just having a bad day and they're taking it out on you and, and, you know, don't let them, you know? And, and so, um, I, I think what I love about all of these books and things we've been sharing, um, is that, you know, they're just a lot of really good nuggets of wisdom. And I think, 
I think like even as we're growing up, like, you know, people, our elders would say something and like we didn't maybe like internalize it at the time until later. We heard it like multiple times and then we're like, oh, now I get it. And so I think that's sort of like how these, um, you know, these old, old wisdom answers to a lot of practical things and the way to outlook on life. Um, sometimes we have to hear it multiple times, read it multiple times or hear it from some random stranger. And then it's like Eureka or something like that. Um, but uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I'm really thankful for you for joining. And I know that like you and I can talk for hours. So we sort of had to like limit it to not limit it to mindset because we we're having abundance of a mindset. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, talking about the journey of, of business and similarities and how, you know, the power of having um, you know, uh, colleagues and mentors and friends to share ideas and how we've we've helped each other over um, over the years, even though we're in completely different industries. And um, and I mean, I've, I've you know, I really value um, our, our friendship and and, um, and and I think this is a good uh, reminder to everyone that you need to have your, you know, whether it's your tribe, your your group, your you know, posse your your people your entourage of, of advisors that you can call on. And, um, and that's why I wanted to, to have you on, um, on our first episode, you know, because that's been very valuable for me and like, like a lot of other people that are going to be on this podcast, um, they're may have an important aspect of, of my journey. And I, I think everyone can learn from, we can all learn from each other. So, um, any yeah. final yeah. thoughts, nuggets? No, I'm just, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited super about, about- what you what, what's gonna what you're gonna do with your podcast? I'm I'm very excited to see like the people that you interact with and and you know the, as you said those nuggets of information you gain from people and like I'm excited for that. I I want to see that growth. <laughs> Well, um, I, yeah, me too, because like, you know, when we interview people, we learn from them. Um, and then when the people listen, they're learning. Um, and it's just like a great sharing of information and, and becoming better and helping each other, you know, along the journey. And so I love that, you know, I heard that idea. So, (laughs) so thanks everyone. (laughs) Um, for listening and there's lots of ways to connect um, we'll put in the show notes how you can reach uh, Donald and, and follow him because you're you're also working on a book right what's the website yes, that yes. people can uh, find uh, out more just, just, you can find me at donaldfonseca.com that'll work okay all right. Sounds good. And you've got a lot more cool, you got a lot of other things coming up. And so I'll have you again and, um, and everyone can reach out to, um, powerstrategygroup.com and also the power up your practice, uh, Facebook group. And we'll continue to share, um, more resources in, in the coming episodes. Thanks so much for listening. It was great having you here, Donald and have a great day, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the power up your practice law practice management podcast. I'm your host, Ruby Powers, and it's been a pleasure sharing this time with you. Join us next week for another episode where we'll continue to explore insightful strategies for success. Help your practice with us. See you next time.